is Jason Wiley, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Cody. Hey, guys. All right. Uh, yep. Last week, we didn't able, we were not able to do the podcast due to that was some my fault. Yeah, my, yeah, my family got sick. all sick. Super bad. Yeah. But we're good. It was not COVID. It was just a okay. <laughs> 24-hour bug that just wrecked everybody. Yeah, no, but you did understand. Glad you got some rest. But now we have a lot of content to cover today. So we got <laughs> yes. episodes four through nine. Yep, right. four through four nine. Through nine. Uh, Vox Machina to cover. So we'll dive in here just really quick. Uh, only fantasy news I got. Uh, this really isn't much news now. It should be common knowledge. Uh, Wizards of the Coast OGL. Basically, uh, Wizards of the Coast gave up, gave up and said, you know what, screw it, we're keeping it as is. Uh, and actually, we're putting the PFSRD onto Creative Commons. So, creative copyrights, not an issue. <laughs> victory! We have uh, victory! Uh, and this is where, again, there are people who are like, oh no, I'm not returning Wizards of the Coast ever. And one respect is like, okay, I can understand maybe not trusting them completely yet. Not going, all right, I'm going wholeheartedly into them again. But I think this kind of, they proved themselves a little bit. Just like, okay, you know what? We messed up. We messed up. We're not doing anything. Backing off. So I'm just saying, baby, right now we have solely trust in them. Not saying go back fully into the committed relationship, but stay on your toes. Okay. Like I still love Dungeons and Dragons because we get stuff like Critical Role. We get, and plus we, we've had fun. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we have. So yeah, most of our stuff is homebrew, but we it's like home it's it's fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's fan fiction. <laughs> you, oh no. I just went back to one of our first roommates. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. We're you know, we're not touching that with a ten foot pole. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> I mentioned no ponies. <laughs> you don't have to mention the ponies, you just have to mention the bronies. <laughs> Oh, man, dude. Yeah. That that was a repressed memory. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? We didn't have to room with him. We did not have to room with him. That was poor panda. That was poor panda. Poor Alec. And I want him to get back on here, not just because his video was our is our most watched view, but <laughs> but because we love having them. Yeah, and he's so much fun to talk to, and he is. I feel bad. I haven't seen him. He lives on my building, and I yeah, never no, see I'm... him. I messaged him too a little bit, but I like I understand he's busy. So I, I it's one of those things like I don't want to bug him. Yeah. I don't want to spam him, but he's entitled to his own personal life too. So Yeah. I like if you're watching this, buddy, we love you and we miss you. We love you very much, and I'm sorry I'm a bad friend. <laughs> We're bad friends. <laughs> but with that out of the way, we can dive right on into yes. Vox Machina. We will start with episode four. Now episode four. Episode four oh, yeah. titled oh. Those Who Walk Away. Yeah. This is, yeah, no. So, first thing I'm going to, first note I have is I love the backstory with Trinket. Oh, that was awesome. I love that they brought that in. I, I love how they're bringing in the backstories now. Like, it's yeah. just, it's really cool. Honestly, I really want this to be one more season. I hope just so. Because. Yeah, just because all the info we're getting, and honestly, if they rush these last three episodes to fight a Thordak, I'll, I'll be a little upset, but I understand. I want, I just want a little bit more time. I think one more season enough of time until they fight Thordak, and I'll be good. Yeah. Because, actually, no, I think that could, I think that's what they might be doing, because I think the way this season might end is them fighting Umbrasil. I think so. Umbrasil's kind of been the main antagonist of this one. Yeah, then the next one is going... Then, yeah, I could see the next season, they start fighting off the green and white dragon, and then the season finale would be them fighting Thordak. Yeah. That makes the most sense to me, so... I think so, too. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be good. It's It's been so good. I am, One thing with this episode that I really did love was, like you said, they brought in the backstory with Trinket, and they just kind of built up more. Because everyone knew... Oh, I think everyone knew what was going to happen that they're going to resurrect her. Um, but I thought it was really cool how they did that. And actually, one of my favorite little quip lines is after she got resurrected, where I, oh, what was his name? I just read his name. I, uh, Cash? 
yeah, cash. cash. I almost said keys, but how cash, cash is, is like, like I'm it. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like, and dude, that's one thing I love with it is because, okay, think about the tabletop. How many times have we rolled something and our character had to believe that this happened? Exactly. He's <laughs> just like, cash needs to believe that he did it. He's like, yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> so funny. I love that. That was just and, that right there was a perfect moment for me. Yeah, and I just love how like in the tabletop cash comes off as like very hard, very much kind of edgy, just that kind of standoffish. Okay. I love how they kind of kept the essence of that but still showed he's a good guy. Yeah. Yep. I agree. They did really good with cash and his whole almost redemption arc where he, he didn't he was fine stealing from them but when he got to the point where they're actually in danger he's like no we can't do that that's wrong yeah because um, he's a cleric he's a cleric as well correct yes he's a cleric he has an interesting backstory though and i love it okay because <laughs> technically <laughs> who his patron is is his ex-wife <laughs> <laughs> uh he i think through some type of event he married a deity and he's just like, no, I, I, I don't, you're a witch. You're a witch. So he's just, he's trying to distance herself. And she's just like, ha ha, your power comes through me. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So he's actually, I believe cursed. I actually believe that's why he has like some of the scars on his arm that he does. Okay. It's because I think that's like part of the entire thing. But again, this is where it's, I can't remember. This was what back like, five six years ago yeah and and it doesn't really matter to the main story overall yeah. it was just kind of a fun thing yeah not so, right now, if you guys really want to know go watch critical role yeah seriously all this just seriously this is where if you, if you got the time watch, watch the campaign <laughs> and if you don't just skim it if not spark notes spark, spark notes, notes. <laughs> do they have okay. the spark notes of it uh they kind of do kind of don't uh if anything they're you, you just talk to like a critter and they'll tell you some of the highlights that's fair okay like i tell you some of the highlights <laughs> yeah that, that, that's been my job and all this but what's actually funny is okay just side t- tangent here uh everybody that wants that's been like oh i don't want to watch one piece it's way too long yep one season of Critical Role is longer than all of One Piece. Time-wise? Time-wise. Okay. Because, think of, actually, okay, sorry, two seasons. I believe for Vox Machina and the Mighty Nine campaign, if you watch both of those and get caught up on those two, you've watched more Critical Role than you would have One Piece. That's fair. Because that's round what 200 episodes of critical role at minimum four hours a pop okay whereas one piece that is at least uh as you get later on that is about four episodes you can do in one hour Mm -hmm. so so anybody watching this that's just like no one piece is too long and yet you're caught up on critical role there you go (laughs) you don't have an excuse anymore all right, so I have found it. I am. If you want to see anything regarding cash, I am. There is a critical role wiki page. I mm-hmm. typed in cashew or cash or whatever, cash yeah, and I typed in cash, and then it brought this up. He is in episodes 20 and 21, which is Trial of the Take, part three and four, Return to Vasselheim, The Sunken Tomb, Those Who Walk Away. Like, he's, it has all of these episodes with um yeah it lists every single one he's in and describes what's going on in that one so you can find out exactly what you want to see and go to the watch that episode thank you critical role wiki mm-hmm. so again zara summoning a beholder <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that, that's actually not what happens in the game but <laughs> Uh, the beholder mm-hmm. is the one actually guarding the tomb. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, because again, uh, tabletop wise, at this point, they're all friends. Like nobody is mistrusting anybody. Yeah. So they go in there together. Like, oh, Cash and Zara join. Yes, huzzah! Great, we have extra firepower. Then they go fight the beholder. Uh, I believe the beholder downs uh one of them. Mm-hmm. 
uh, is actually like systematically kind of taking them out. They're able to eventually kill it. I believe Cash is the one that gets the final blow, actually. Nice. And so then from there, that's where everything else transpires. And they're like, we're low on magic slots. Not sure we can do a resurrection. Not sure we can do this. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. So, but again, interesting little twist on the story. Like, I, again, I'm not opposed to it. It's just like, okay, it's just two different realities. Yeah. So, I'm not going to lie. For I didn't really think that was a beholder. Yeah, that's that's supposed to be a beholder. Wow, that's a different take on it. I yeah, wonder if they uh, had to do that. They had to do it because any monster that is specific to Dungeons & Dragons is on verge of copyright. So gotcha. a lot of the stuff that's there, like anything that is like a stereotypical monster, I'm pretty sure they can't go like, oh, this is exactly a beholder. Instead, they can mm-hmm. go, this is like an octopus monster instead. That makes you, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So I pulled it up and uh, someone posted a thing on it saying, uh, when they get back, they see the Raven Queen and a crossed out freaking beholder apparition. <laughs> yeah basically uh, that's funny okay that's why uh but again <laughs> i love bax's entire character arc in this episode it was good it was good him learning to accept death and kind of breaking away from his sister again not like oh no, no longer associating with my sister it's more on i need to fend for myself yeah he has that separation. He becomes his own individual. That he's not tied to her anymore. It's mm-hmm. he has his own path, and it's a different path than what everyone else is taking. As he mentions later on, uh, and, yeah. or it feels that way. But it's mm-hmm. because for the first time he's living for himself, because mm-hmm. he's going to die. <laughs> uh, not just he's oh. going to die, but nor he's he's having to take a different path. That he at some point is going to be away from Vox Machina. Yeah. And for him, he's struggling with that because that means he's going to be away from his sister. He's going to be away from his friends. Yeah. So it, it's interesting to see kind of that path. And just, yeah. And then, of course, the armor actually finally taking effect during that fight. And he just. That was cool. That <laughs> was, was so really cool. cool. <laughs> the vestige is awesome. Yeah. For a second, I thought it was just like a single use Misty Step type thing. And then he just kept going. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Okay. So, quick breakdown of his stats. Okay. First off, yeah, he's a rogue. Yeah. He has a step of the, he has like the boots of the wind or like, again, the boots that double his movement speed. Okay. And the vestige doubles that movement speed. Gosh. So. In one turn, again, he can run, run with the boots. So that's 60 feet right there. Dash another 60 feet and then dash another 60 feet with the vestige. That's 180 feet in six seconds. <laughs> we got some Usain Bolt going on. <laughs> <laughs> We're seeing a magic bullet here. Just <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That's awesome. That's a really cool way to show that. Oh yeah, no, and it's just the it's so fantastic the way they do that. And, yeah. and again, I've loved the way they've even shown some of the magical weapons, like uh his one dagger that lights up. That's a flame tongue dagger. Oh, okay. Because yeah, it's a fire dagger that he's like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. Uh and then yeah, he has it enchanted to where they boom, fly back. Yeah, which is really cool. I like that. Definitely but useful yeah. for a rogue that's throwing knives. Oh yeah. Uh, but let's see here. And I love how they actually have show Ripley scrying on them. Yeah, that was cool. Because that's actually something that appears way later on. <laughs> they discover that Ripley has been scrying on them way later on, and they don't know when it started. So yeah. it's really cool to go. This is when it starts. To kind of get that answer from the DMs, like, oh, this is actually when it originally started. Yeah. Ooh, I and like it, that. It was really cool. It was one of those like, oh, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. There's so many cool things in this. Oh, uh, like, 
There's what? so many good things. Uh, again, they're just, it's so good. Like, this is 10 out of 10 out of 10. <laughs> I agree. This, especially this season, I've really enjoyed this season. Oh, me too. Don't get me wrong. I love the Briarwoods arc just because I love Percy's character arc. Yeah. His backstory and everything associated with that. But I love the way the season's going. This is why the Chroma Conclave is my favorite Vox Machina arc. I can definitely see that. For me, Grog's story has been my favorite. His is good. And, and we'll get there. But I've. <laughs> so first now we're on to episode. Keyleth. Yep, episode five. Keyleth's backstory. Which, honestly, after episode five, Keyleth, I'm like, okay, not quite bugging me as much as you have. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really enjoy Keyless character. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoy it. I think they're doing a great job with how she is with things, but she's such a background character for the vast mm-hmm. majority of the time. It's cool when she does step into the spotlight because she is mm-hmm. powerful and she can oh, do yeah. some really cool things. And so I really enjoy when she does step in and do things. I'm so yeah, that's just my take on it. Oh, yeah, no, and actually, episode five kind of helped me go, you know what, I now like Keyleth as a character. Mm-hmm. Because in the tabletop, uh, sorry, I'm more seeing, like, Marisha Ray just go, ah, ah, just, just being super dramatic over the top. Whereas now, it's actually in context. It's actually in the show. It works better. It does. It'd be like me, uh, like, it'd be like us if during a D&D campaign, I was like, all right, I'm going to do a, a, a spell blast. Go, Kamehameha! <laughs> it, it gets annoying after a while. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, that's very much why I'm just like, eh, not the biggest fan of Keyleth. But this one, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I like her backstory. I like the character and I like the direction she's going. I really enjoyed that with episode five how she is beginning to overcome her insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I think that just might be the thing that is like, uh, it always be insecurities. Just do it. Just pick. <laughs> just yeah. pick something. So that might just be a pet peeve I have. So now the fact that she's actually overcoming it, that's what makes Keila such a good character. Yeah. And she is. And, and it's, it's really because here she learns how to control the fire. Mm-hmm. And, it's cool because they also show how I um, how Thordak actually escaped from where he was. Yeah, That's not the first time Thordak. he was phased. I mm-hmm. um, and then it also talks it, it references that there was someone that betrayed them, but it doesn't mm-hmm. say who. It doesn't say if they've already taken care of it or if they've left. Is that who Ripley is, or uh, do you know? No. Okay, uh, on who brought Thordak back? Yeah. Okay, actually, well, I believe I get this from my memory's a little foggy. So, again, spoilers. I believe it was actually the green dragon. Oh, that it like infiltrated, basically? Infiltrated uh, keyless people. Oh, that'd be cool. And then brought Thordak back. Okay. Like, you'll find out that the Green Dragon is very much kind of the mastermind behind Thordak. Oh. Hmm. And actually, I believe she's an agent for the Whispered One. Ooh. That's yeah. a twist. This is, the, and this is how Matt ties it all together into the bigger, like, final story. Mm-hmm. So, after the Chroma Conclave, how long until Vecna? Uh, it's almost like immediately after it, like okay. it goes from Chroma Conclave to, uh, Vecna's ascension, where Vecna is trying to ascend, okay. and then it happens, and then it's fighting Vecna the God, basically. Gotcha. So there's probably going to be two more seasons: one for his ascension, one for fighting him. Uh, we got th- uh, after the Chroma Conclave at mm-hmm. least two to three. Okay. Maybe. Cool. Cool. cool because yeah i'm happy we meet, met one character because i'll talk about that later but okay. <laughs> i am but real okay. quick i love and, uh... drawing and freaking craven yes. <laughs> him like take it like that is actually something from the campaign they did is at one point grog is like in, in an outhouse talking to craven's craven edge yeah. is playing music. Music. that was hilarious okay one thing i loved from these episodes is how much Scanlan actually sings 
And then even I'm. How did I just forget her name? Pike. Pike. I was gonna say Ashley Johnson's character. So yeah, Pike. Yeah. Um, that both of them sing, and they're both have really talented, and so I love hearing them sing in this, and that just adds so much for me to the story. Me too. Honestly, this is where I love how they're now showing some of the shipping. Yeah. Like that. That's uh, that's one thing I always found fun with, like whether that be anime or whatever. It's always kind of fun in a fantasy story just to find those who you're gonna ship. Yeah. Oh, definitely and that's i mean it's things that i've known were coming so like i know the stories of different people and their who they end up with yeah like i also loved because now we're basically in episode six i love how percy becomes more of a gentleman to yeah. vexalia like he hands her her coat when it's cold he's like it's fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah and a lot of it stems from his i am noble upper guilt yeah. Well, from his guilt over her mm. dying, I. But he always treated her better than the rest. I. Mm-hmm. And this is where you really see their relationship start to blossom and go through, and it it happens a little quickly, but at the same time, they have to move quickly and it for the show, and it's where it works. So. Yeah, it works very well, and. Again, just one of the other things I love is just Grog and Scanlan in the cold. <laughs> How Grog freaking comes through this. Yes. He's, this is actually kind of comfy. <laughs> He's like, this is really comfy and warm. <laughs> He's like, I love you, big guy. And he's like, I love you, baby Scanlan. <laughs> one of the things I love about that uh, is that he they have that awesome comedic moment. Because Grog is avoiding talking to Pike about a very serious thing, and how often do yes. we like hide from a serious conversation by making a joke? Mm-hmm. My so wife had to talk times. to me about that. I need to just stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so many times, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, both of us have done that a lot. We're just like, <laughs> okay, we need to talk about this. Yeah, I saw this funny video here. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> and then, dude, I I love the season, uh, as you said before, with Scanlan singing, especially in this episode, in episode six. Yeah. Like, uh, Megan loves the music in this. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I love the one-on-one fight. I love how the Sphinx is roasting every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, just just the song. This is where Critical Role is doing better than Disney when it comes to music. <laughs> <laughs> They really are. <laughs> and it's so funny. <laughs> if you listen to the word, as the music is so well written, and you're listening, mm-hmm. then you listen to the words, and you're just like, what are you saying? <laughs> and it makes it better. <laughs> exactly. Like, it could be this masterpiece, but it's just, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep walking. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 
so great. Oh my gosh, I just love this show so freaking much, man. It it's just it hits all the good points. Like you get dragons, you get gnomes, you get you get everything. Yeah, you get a good story. That is the main thing. Is you get a damn good story. You do. Oh man, I'm so along his singing. I probably the best. My favorite one, other is when he sings to the Sphinx. Yeah, that was just so well done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love afterwards. He just wait that actually worked. He's like, whoa, that worked. Heads up. <laughs> yep. I was just like, oh, you must have, you must know true love in your life. It's like, yeah, I know, I love all people. Uh, nah, I suck at it. <laughs> yeah, I love and, how they're going into these tender moments. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's been really cool to see, and it shows their character growth. And you already start seeing Scanlan's character growth. And transfers or transforms from the character that I hate so much to the character that I love. Yeah, and that's seriously what Scanlan does. Is like again, you meet him early on. Again, you've seen him early on. You're just yep. like, he basically you're looking at a pervy bard with dick jokes. <laughs> yep. To where now it's like, oh, he has depth. Yep. He's hiding behind humor. <laughs> ah, I misjudged him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and it just but keeps yeah. going. It keeps getting better and better as it goes on. But we'll get to the next part of my favorite part of Scanlan later on. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no. And then the entire fight with the Sphinx and the dragon. That was so well done. And I love how Grog goes into the rage and is just trying to hack and slash that dragon. And he's holding his own for all of a minute, which is oh, a yeah. long time. <laughs> yeah, that's technically 10 rounds. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's if you look at how many hits, it's probably closer to like five rounds. Yeah. But still, but still, but, he holds his own for a while. Oh, yeah. Just, and... It's so good. And actually, when, again, spoiler, when the Sphinx gets killed, Megan was like crying. <laughs> We met the character for maybe five minutes. <laughs> well, that's how you know a character's done right. Exactly. Like, like Chrissy. Uh, yeah, Chrissy, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but no, it's that thing where you do develop kind of an attachment to him, and then you lose him. And it's just like, oh, come on. And... You're kind of like rooting for him to be able to go back and see the other Sphinx or whatever. And yeah. then it's just like, nope, there's no happy endings here. No, that that's how tragedy, again, life is filled with tragedy. And actually, I'm glad they kind of showed it in that light. And that's where, again, that's where Scanlan and the Sphinx really hit it off. Because Scanlan was able to sing a song that really hit him in the emotional, in the heart, man. Yeah. And and I love how afterwards the, the two are just like chilling and he's just like strumming. He's like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, what's up, my guys? Oh, yeah, no. He says we're good. Yeah, he's yeah. the best, you know. So funny. <laughs> that was so well done. I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So at the end one, of it, though. Go at ahead. the end of it, this is where they differ from the campaign. They never split up. Oh, okay. And this is where this episode goes like I was wanting one moment and I was robbed of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the two groups, they split off. One goes to the Feywild, one goes to Westrun. Mm -hmm. Which does not happen. They all go to the Feywild, then they all come back to uh, Westrun. The party never splits up. But after the fight with the Sphinx, uh, because actually I don't think Umbersil goes in and attacks. That's something that added for more cinematic flair, more drama. Mm-hmm. But they actually, Grog turns on the party because of Craven's Edge. Yeah. And so finally they get him calmed down. They get him to give up the sword. And they're all talking to Grog saying, we need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of it. We need to destroy it. Yada, yada, yada. At one point, again, the sword is resting in the stone, trying to talk to everybody. And Percy is sitting there having a stare down with it and has the smoke come up from him because uh, 
Orthax still has like a bit of an imprint on him. So that's why, at least in the tabletop, he's still able to use some of the Warlock spells. Gotcha. Okay. So he's just like, oh, I'm just, and actually the tabletop says, yeah, I'm just going to sit there and just let the smoke. We're going to have like a smoke off. <laughs> <laughs> just like this dark coalescing smoke of like Orthax and then Craven Edge just. <sighs> I was wanting that moment and I got robbed. <laughs> I completely understand why they didn't do it. I understand why they didn't do it. I still feel robbed, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I went back and I actually watched the portion where this happens in the show and then in the actual Critical Role episode of okay. when Grog stabs Pike. Yeah. Um, I I didn't get all the context with the one with Grog, but basically he so is Craven's edge in the tabletop. Was it on a chain? Uh, I believe it did have like a chain attached to it, so but okay. nothing crazy. Well, because at that point he throws Craven Edge through a door and then pulls it back and pikes on it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No, they just he decided to put like a chain on it so he could start tossing it and like swinging it around. Okay, which is really cool. But I <laughs> really enjoyed this part at the end of it when I mean, this is what snaps him out and this is the big thing where he's going just walking forward and kind of pushes her away and then she gets back in front and he just stabs not trying to he just does mm-hmm. and then they're all trying to escape and that's how the episode ends is them getting separated into the two areas and you're just like what happened to pike is she gonna die again yep <laughs> um, is she alive is she dead now <laughs> you know and so then it goes into the next episode episode seven I, which has started my personal favorite arc so far of Grog's at uh, West Run. Yeah. Just everything with his tribes, with, the, with that is just amazing. Yeah. I, a spoiler alert, Ike does not die. <laughs> <laughs> she heals herself because she's a cleric. Mm-hmm. And then. I still, yeah. I still love the country song. <laughs> that was so great. <laughs> So, before that, we're getting to where he does destroy Craven Edge. Yeah. Um, and this part I really enjoyed because he was fighting it. But he yeah. gets taken over and he's not in control at all. But then Pike just is able to snap him out of it, remind him he remembers. He does snap out of it. And then he goes to town, just hacking away at the stones, trying to break it. And then mm-hmm. finally does. And his Craven Edge. Oh, I'll take you with me then. And then he's weak. No yeah. muscles at all. Yeah, he's <laughs> like atrophied severely. Just <sighs> well, and here's the best part of it is he only looks atrophied because we know what he's supposed to look like. <laughs> he actually does look like Vax. Yeah, he does. <laughs> because I said that there's times I look at him and go, if he wasn't supposed to be a barbarian like this half giant barbarian he would be huge or that he huge maybe jack like this yeah. guy you would uh, fight but oh no that's that's kind of funny <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just like i look like Max. <laughs> <laughs> yo and that's what happens is that he loses his uh strength bonus right it goes down to zero or it goes down to a a 10 Okay, so I believe, yeah, I think that's what happens when they do bust Craven Edge is stat-wise, yeah, his strength just goes down to 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, he had a lot of equipment that you had to have a certain level of strength to carry. Yes. So that's why I believe, like, part of it is this. But the other part, uh, so one of the main stats with Craven Edge was that the, every time you succeeded in, like, basically the blood drinker, mm-hmm. it would stack. But it would reset as soon as you would take a long rest. Right. So Grog would just keep, he would push through it because at least for the first two tiers of exhaustion, as soon as he rages, it's gone. Yep. He does not suffer any negatives. His speed isn't halved, like none of that. So finally, when Craven Edge is busted, he's got nothing to stave off the exhaustion. <laughs> yeah. So. The exhaustion hits in, and so when he's having to make that save, he's at disadvantage. Oh, no. 
<laughs> oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, so that's why all of a sudden he's just beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah, that and that leads to some of the most comedic scenes throughout these last three episodes is Grog trying to just get around. Alright, let's move our big boy. Well, we got some miles behind us, and we got some more to steer. And it's mighty hard, cause there ain't no brothels in between there and here. Over rocky roads and rivers, trudge along this twisting land. Just two wandering souls and a big old dummy, riding on a magic hand. I'm making my way, I'm making my way. From the top of this shitty mountain, to the bottom of this goddamn Is Grog trying to live with his lack of muscles? <laughs> My favorite is, so after this song, after the country song, they get over to her pop-up's house, and Grog just, hi, pop-up, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, like, one of the best lines. <laughs> like, oh, hi, pop-up. <laughs> that was so great. Oh, so great. That right there, uh... That sealed it as Grog is my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> I really want now the Winnie the Pooh jug. I really want that bit. If they don't give me that bit in this show, I am going to be so sad. <laughs> again, that's not, that's not for a couple more seasons. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. Uh, uh, what do you think about the Fey Realm? I liked what they did with it. I liked their version of it. Okay. It's not the way I imagined it, but mm -hmm. I did like their twist on it. I did too. I am question for you. Did you recognize the voice and did you know who the voice of him is? Of Garmili? Yes. Actually at first I didn't. Vegas just like his voice sounds familiar. I was like, oh and she's like, Oh, was it sounds like oh I'm trying to remember what it was. She's like, It sounds so interesting. Like who's the voice actor? I was like, Oh, let me look at it. I was like, Oh, it's Pippin! Yes. <laughs> I was so happy. I heard him talk, I was like, wait a second. And then on Prime it lists the actors on the side. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I just looked at it, I was like, wait a second, I know him. And then I, Mary, it's Frodo Baggins. <laughs> I just hear that in my mind. Like, it's Pippin. Yep, same here. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's like it's Pippin. So funny. Oh man, I love yep. that. I Billy love that Boyd. so much. Yeah, Billy Boyd. Yep, I got got right there in my notes at the very bottom. Just Billy nice. Boyd. <laughs> Pippin. Garmili's Pippin. Which? What did you think of Garmili? I thought that he was exactly what he was supposed to be <laughs> he was annoying and crude and hilarious all at the same time yep i and did a great job and i liked the twist at the end that for the most part throughout it i didn't really know what to make of him i am i feel like he was sent there and that there was something and i kept getting the feeling that he was more than what he was letting on i knew that he mm -hmm. wasn't just a satyr he was something yeah. more I am. And so at the very end, when it reveals that it's definitely something a lot more, I'm guessing an Archfey. I uh, actually, I believe, yeah, it's one of the deities God. of the Fey. Yeah. That because, I was like, yep. Because, yeah, I believe, because uh, when they do get to Vecna, they <laughs> go talk to the gods like, we need weapons. <laughs> we need God killing weapons. We need a way to take out God Vecna. Yeah. So. And actually, that's what gets the rest of them, like, their vestiges of divergence, is okay. that part. Because I believe for the Colonel Conclave, it just is uh, Vex, Vax, uh, Grog, yeah. and Scanlan. Yeah, because Scanlan gets the sword. Yeah. I'm guessing he gets Which, it back after he kills, they kill that. Actually, no. He does not get that sword. He does not get the sword until they go talk to the gods. Oh. Because what he does is he talks to, I want to say it's Mistra, the goddess right. of like magic. Mm -hmm. 
And so she gives him the sword and how it's tuned to Matt to music. Okay. So they jumped that one early. So again, again, I'm, I'm not offended. I'm not like, Oh (laughs) my gosh. This is where they stay true mostly to the source material. Yeah. They have to change scenes in order to make it fit better. They found this is the best way. I'm just Mm -hmm. here for the ride. Yeah, same here. And this is where, again, sorry, <laughs> let's see. This is at least a good solid 100 hours of content they're trying to cram into 12, 30 minute episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, you're no going to be. No complaints. I'm just like, okay, so this is how it went, went one way. This is how it goes the other way. Like, I'm enjoying them both. They're great, fantastic. They're both fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Although I I do love oh did you recognize the voice of Pike's uh Pop Pop? No. Uh again, famous actor, can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it fits like who it is. Uh if you seen Click, it's and it's the dad in that. Okay. I haven't seen that for a long time. He's in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. Let me pull up IMDB. But I also love how the they're like, all right, this is the pill Grog's got to take. And Grog's like, I got to solve that. <laughs> nope. No. And he was like, I got this. <laughs> and I'm it to it. He just flips it up in the back. It, just... It, in. it just, the smirk on his face after, the satisfaction <laughs> that he got to shove something up Grog's butt. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I was dying. <laughs> Same. I'm. Uh, the way they did Sonder was fantastic. The entire <laughs> fight with Sonder was just so, so good. It was. I also love the shipping that they're doing with uh, Pike and Scanlan, Vex and Percy. <laughs> really like the way Percy was just like, yeah, nope, uh, you can't talk to your daughter like that. She is now one of, she is now Lady Vexalia. <laughs> yep. I thought that was really cool how they did that too. Um, and it was kind of, I thought it was really cool. And I liked how the dad saw right through it at the same time because he, yeah. he understands and he knows. I am. He's a complete and utter prick. Yep. But yeah, I definitely <laughs> like that. Remind me, what is Pop Pop's real name? I cannot remember. But basically eating gravy. Um, uh, I'm going through the IMDb right now, trying to find that. Okay, I might do a shortcut. If I'm gonna do my shortcut, season two. Episode seven. Oh, there it is. We'll hit Trickfoot, Henry Winkler. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, okay, I've recognized him in things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, they got, again, I've been surprised with how many, like, celebrities have gotten in on this. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I, I love the voice of Thordak. To me, he's, I always hear uh, Commander Zavala <laughs> from Death City. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I definitely picture that. As soon as you said that, it clicked. And now Isn't... we're on to, we've broke, yeah, we've breezed through these episodes very quickly. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> oh no, we're on episode nine, the last one now. I know. So this is by far my favorite of all of them. Okay. I am. So obviously there's things that we're not talking about in a lot of these episodes. I am. So there's plenty to see, but this is uh, the spoiler ending the I am cliffhanger that they leave you on uh but first before we get to that is scanlan's daughter yes i'm I glad you that's got that kaylee <laughs> yep kaylee i knew instantly instantly that's who it was um i mean i know it hasn't revealed that yet but it's, i know i know it's pretty that's obvious why i'm not saying it right now because i can't <laughs> so i'm i'm guessing that it's his daughter. No, you're right. You're 100% right. It okay. is, it is that. 
Uh, so I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see how it goes in that if uh, how things change and if she actually starts seeing him as the hero he could be and that he's trying to be. I... Uh, he, he's got a long path. Because yeah. if you've already seen at least the way Kaylee has responded to him. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you ran out of here. <laughs> kind of idea. Yep. Which this is worth. This is where in one respect, a lot of these kids I hate on dads. They're like, well, sometimes mom didn't tell dad. Yeah. And it's one of those cases. Yep. Um, I, I loved how they brought in his beret. That is something <laughs> that actually came from Whitestone. Oh, okay. He bought a beret at, to be a revolutionary because he was trying to rally the people of Whitestone to right. rebel. So yeah. he got this beret back then, and yes, it was a raspberry beret because I've already seen people on Twitter upset. It's like, we thought it was purple. <laughs> he's like, actually, when I bought, he's just like, I said, I want, and he's like, the description I got exactly for it was a raspberry beret. <laughs> yep. So I am so glad they brought it in. I'm like, yes, we got Skeleton the Revolutionary. So oh, funny. I loved that. <laughs> it was really, it was really funny. And I like that he's very honest in what he says. He's just like, I'm just scouting. I'm just trying to find things out. I'm not trying to lead people away, save everybody. I'm just trying to see who's here. As I get, immediately expect me to save you. I don't even know what I'm saving you from. <laughs> Yo. And then just the whole Grog's actual backstory. It's so good. It's so good. I didn't. I honestly, I didn't know anything about his backstory other than he had met up with Pike, and I knew there was something before that, but I didn't know what. I thought it was so cool that they show how they meet up, and the whole story of it. And I mean, you see Pike with her black hair instead of white. I uh, and just everything. Like, it's just so well done. And then I just throughout this entire episode, I kept having like mental flashbacks to the I am old man that beat him up in episode like three or yeah or two. But where I am, where That's does your strength come from? Yeah. And that's a recurring theme where he doesn't know where strength comes from and he finds where his strength comes from at the very end. And it's all going to tie in with him getting his muscles back eventually. Uh, yeah. Which I'm guessing happens during this fight. Mm-hmm. But it literally ends with him weak as we can be, walk up and call out the leader for one-on-one combat. Actually, if you notice at the end of it, he is a little bit bulkier than he was. It seems like that, yeah. He is slowly regaining his muscle, and finally, I believe what's going to be the snap to it is basically, um, I think Pike might get into, this is my guess on what they're doing with the show, is Pike might get into some trouble, Grog sees it, and he just rages, goes through, and is actually able to take out Kevdak. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Something Uh, like that, or even his cousin. Yeah. I am. Cousin can't fight back. He's all beat to tar, and that he'd even stand up for him. Yeah, I think it'll be something like that. I think so too. And this is where they left it on the most like brutal cliffhangers. Yeah. Not as brutal as the one as the one they started off with. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. For me, this one's bigger. Yeah, this one's more like building anticipation. Like, oh. I want to see the fight. I want to see the fight. It's more of that level. Yep. Why would you stop right there? Give me another 30 minutes. Come on. Just one more. (laughs) But uh, I just love this season so much. Like this is just so phenomenally done. It it is a little bit faster paced, but you know what? I'll take this faster pace any day. Oh yeah. Same here. So it's just so good. It is. It's been awesome. I love this. I love how fast paced it is. It cuts through a lot of the filler stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, things that aren't needed but are cool, but still keeps true to the story. 
and yeah. just builds all their characters. Every single character is getting their screen time. They're getting their moment. And I love yeah. it. I love it too. This this is how a good fantasy story is done. Yeah. Say so, and we, me and you we had a talk where earlier before this we were talking about how some curse words just pull you out of the fantasy. <laughs> this is where it doesn't. Because it is very much ingrained into what it is, into the world of Taldore. Yeah. Yep. It's, it fits with this world. It fits with these characters. It fits with the story. Um, it's just really cool to see it all come together in such an amazing way. And not a single character is like, aha, I'm invisible to everything. No, they've all messed up in one way or another. Nobody is perfect. And that is what really drives the story. Is It's all these imperfect people going through their journey. Yeah. Just a group of friends. Group of friends who go out to drink. Like, that's <laughs> how it freaking starts off, is they're all at a tavern getting drunk, hammered, and grog freaking cutting off arms. <laughs> <laughs> yep. While Scanlan's up with, I can say, up with a woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just a whole thing, though. Really enjoyed it. Can't wait for next week. I, that's definitely going to be high on my list. Uh, as soon as it comes out, I'm watching it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what Thursdays are for me. <laughs> so, uh, Kirk Carroll actually streams on Thursdays. <laughs> yep. Because one of their main catch logs is, is it Thursday yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what Matt always says at the end of the session is, and is it Thursday yet? And that's <laughs> how I really am feeling now. It's like, I want it to be Thursday. I'm wanting the next episode. Same here. Say, so, but any last closing remarks for the for Vox Machina? Um, I think the only thing is just what I texted you at the very end. I like after I saw the video yeah. and just one more emphasis on how it was with uh, how mad I was. was yeah. Like, <laughs> I text Jason. I'm just, I would like to rage. <laughs> Come on. Why would you end there? Because they want you to rage and they want you to go, we want to see Grog. Yeah. So with that, I guess uh, it's time to put the book back on the shelf and we'll pick it up next week. Yeah.